It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. So glad you could join me on a Sunday morning. Look, I know you have other options out there. So that's why I always thank you because... I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. I realize there are other things you can do. So thank you in advance for that. You know, as I go about my travels, I do meet the most interesting people because this is what I've learned. Everybody has a story. Do not discount people. Do not look past people. Do not say, oh, he's too old or she's too young or they can't speak English or they don't dress right. Everybody has a story and everybody's story is interesting. And I, I dare to say we pretty much can learn from everybody's story. So that is what we're going to do today. A few days ago, I went to uh, Norfolk State and we were at the president's house. She was kind enough to invite me. And music mogul and humanitarian, maybe that's a better word. Pharrell was there. So we went to meet Pharrell and see what he's doing in the wonderful city of Norfolk. But on the way in the door, we met, we being some people from Norfolk State, uh, from the radio station, met a young man, Adrian Dews Jr. Welcome to On The Line. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. He is a chief executive officer and Maynard, who is our general manager here at the radio station. Maynard just started talking to him and he's like, Cheryl, oh, you need to have him on the line. So you're on the line this morning, right? That's exactly how it happened, though, right? Uh, yeah, I assume so. Awesome. Yeah, we were out in the parking lot. So let's get your background before we tell people what you are doing. Let's get your background. Where are you from? Um, so I was born in Virginia Beach. Um, I've been everywhere, though. I think I've moved at least over 30 times. So really? Military life? Um, no, actually, um, my parents went, went to school. My dad was in medical school, and my mom was getting her master's, like, MBA. And um, I remember, you know, I, I was I was here early and my sister's four years younger than me. So we moved to uh, Illinois, I want to say when I was about four years old, three and a half, four years old. And um, she was born there. And then we moved back to Virginia. OK. And then we moved to Rochester Hills, Michigan, mm. uh, stayed there. I think I was there from, I think, like seventh grade through ninth grade in high school. And then I moved back to uh, Virginia again. And um, hopefully I'm staying here this time. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. All right. So tell us a little about your parents. What did what was mom educated in? What were what did you see your parents doing when you were growing up? Um. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, well, my, my parents have a really strong uh, work ethic. Uh, I think that also insti- was instilled in me and my sister. And, um, you know, they they have really strong connections as well. So they're people. They're people. Um, persons. And, um, you know, really just being able to see them, you know, start from the bottom and, and work their way to the top. I think that was inspiring. And um, I think that also was instilled in me and my sister as well. So, um, like, I want to say, like, my mom, like what stood out to, to me about her is that she she's probably the nicest person that I know. That's very cool. That's <laughs> right. a nice thing to say about your mom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like everybody says that about her. Um and uh, my dad, he's like like probably one of the hardest workers that I know for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I saw it when um like back when he used to actually study for medical school and he used to take me to to the um like he worked at uh uh Virginia Tech. That's where he was studying. 
and he used to take me to VCOM and um, study with his buddies. And I saw like all, all of his buddies, they all graduated together. So that was like just a testament in itself. So. And what about, I know you told me about a grandmother. Oh yeah, so I have two grandmothers. <laughs> my, um, my dad's grandmother, her name is Christine. She's also really sweet. And um, you know, she, she always, she always calls me her boy and uh, yeah, like um, I remember she bought me my first scooter, I think when I was like like four or something like that. Never forget it. Never right, forget it, right? right. And then my, my mom's mom, her name is Linda, and she bought me my first bike before I could even walk. Why do you all remember <laughs> that? I have a nephew and I, I bought him a uh, skateboard. Oh, awesome, awesome. Thomas 40 now. He still talks about me buying that skateboard. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we so remember this those means things. a lot to you all. Yeah, huh? we, we okay. tend to remember those things. My, my, my uh, grandma, Lin, uh, um, I said aunt. My grandma, Linda, she um, she bought me a bike before I could even walk. <laughs> so we always uh, still laugh about that to this day. That's wonderful that you have both grandmothers still living. Mm. That is a blessing in itself. So tell us about yourself. What are you doing? Where did you go to school? Mm-hmm. What? Tell us about what you've got going on. It's a very interesting story. Sure, sure, sure. So um, I guess first and foremost, I, I grew up with uh, ADHD. I was diagnosed with that, when, I think, when I was like young, really young, um, maybe like three or four. And um, growing up, it was, it was kind of hard for me to be in certain environments. Uh, I had a lot of energy, and um, I couldn't pay attention a lot either. So I remember I was in a karate class this was a long time ago, but I think I was four at this time. And um, like, I was just really excited about karate, but you know, I was just moving around all the time. So they, so they ended up kicking me out of the class. And um, <laughs> that makes me so angry. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that happened That's to me all the time. That's not what you do. You're not supposed to go ahead. I'm sorry. That's stuff not like, what you do though. Yeah. Stuff like that happened. Uh, I remember like even like elementary school, preschool, I had to go from school to school because the, either the teachers didn't really know how to teach me or um, you know, I was just I was just too hyper, and um, that and boys are that way in general, especially around those ages. You know, mm-hmm. girls are they're going to sit down and be quiet eight hours at a time. How unrealistic is that? Boys are not going to do that, but that's not abnormal. Right, right, yeah. And I um so like at first, and I believe this was second first to second grade. Um, I remember I was trying to read. And um, we were in we were in class. This was back when teachers used to have like a little group session. Um, all the kids read a certain chapter, and then you have to tell tell them what you read. And you were I'm a reporter at a young age. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to be, but I, I couldn't remember what I was reading though. So when she asked me to you know tell her what I learned about the chapter I just read, I was like I, I can't remember. And then that's when she was like, well yeah, like she was telling. I remember she was telling my uh, counselor at the time. She was like, yeah, AJ reads pretty slow. You know, I, I want you to try to work with them in the morning. So I tried to do that in the morning. Just never got like a grasp like a kind of a handle on how to like retain the information. So it was kind of demoralizing at the time. And um, I got, well, that kind of did a 180 like later on when I when I went back in and kind of looked at it from a different lens. But um, I can get I can get into that later. But yeah, um, I was a high school, middle school athlete as well. Um, I played basketball. Uh, my first my first sport was definitely basketball. Um, I played soccer, uh, ran track, played football, and yeah, I think I think that's everything. If I if I remember, if memory serves. So uh, I remember I remember my dad had me in upward basketball. Okay. Yep, and um, that's uh, basketball that um you know like your your 
integrated into kind of like a spiritual um, you know, you're praying before every every game. You know, you make sure that you know you, you pray with your your teammates, all that kind of stuff. So it really uh, created like a like a sense of like friendship, like how strong a a, oh, a bond is for, between uh, teammates. So I I remember that vividly. Um, up until I want to say seventh grade, I was always the best best player on my team. And then when it got to the point where I was like, I was the second best player, I was like, oh man, like now I'm not. I do that. <laughs> that's what that's what kind of drove the competitive spirit within me, and um, you know, like I, I just feel like that in itself kind of made me into like who I am. Like I, I I'm extremely competitive. I like learning. Those are like my my those what kind of make me happy all the time. So um, that competitive nature, nature, where has that gotten you today? Oh yeah. So the competitive nature, uh, like the way that my, my friends describe it, um, they will say that I, well, I actually, I, I can start with my therapist first. So, uh, the way that she described it is she said that I'm well equipped to be able to handle any kind of pressure that comes my way. So I usually operate the best under pressure. And, um, I think I operate the best, well, she believes I operate the best under pressure because I've dealt with pressure since childhood. So it's like built up resilience from I when I was I believe that about now. black people in general. I really oh do. yeah. I really do. Oh yeah. So, and, um, I'm really good at problem solving. I've always been good at problem solving, but I didn't, I didn't know that until I started solving problems for other people. So, um, that's how I kind of came when I, when I came to Norfolk State when I graduated from college. I mean, not college, but high school. Um, my mom was like, "Yeah, I think you should you should uh, major in maybe like business and marketing." And I was like, "You know, I don't I'm, I don't know or whatever." And um, really, who inspired me to get into college was my sister, because she's like the prodigy child. I'm the innovator. She's the prodigy child, and um, she was like, "Yeah, AJ, you know, um, I think you should do it. I think you should go for it." I was like, "Okay." And obviously the first year I'm screwing around, it's college. college yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm screwing around. And the second year I get my But butt your parents in didn't freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So and that's the thing though. So I was screwing around and I was still getting like pretty decent grades compared to my contemporaries. And so that's when my advisor, who I'm still like I have a really strong relationship with, uh, Miss Brooks, um, she told me, she was like, Look, AJ, like you're you're doing all these all these things that you're not supposed to be doing. You're still getting like pretty good decent grades and she was like imagine what you could do if you if you focused on what you're supposed Double to do down. Yeah. exactly so um got to doing that and you know was able to turn everything around and um, i have a really really strong friend group as well have the same friend group that um i had since i moved into college the first day so i know we're going to be friends for life that's, that's it and is. you will be i i can i'm a testimony yeah that's that's exactly what happened in my life okay cool yeah. cool so um like I think I think the the most important thing was like being able to understand that one I'm I'm blessed because I didn't have to change my major when I was going through college and I've seen so many people do that and I was like wow this is really the space that I want to be in so that's what kind of led to entrepreneurship so um as I aforementioned before I'm really good at problem solving and um like you know, just hands-on experience. So I'm, uh, I learned like with kinesthetics and that's basically what business is and entrepreneurship is, you know, being able to solve problems and being able to gain the experience to do so. So that's when I kind of got an affinity for business. Um, 
the first business I started was definitely a failure. It was a clothing brand. And this is when I first figured out profit margins. Okay. So, and, um, but how can you say it's a failure when you figured it out? Well, I figured it out. Yeah. I figured it out. Yeah. A lesson was learned. So it wasn't really a failure. Yeah. 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 For lack of better words, it was a learning lesson. So, um, I am, I like treating people the way I want to be treated. So I didn't want to create a, sh- a shirt out of cheap material. I wanted to use high quality that. material. I'm with that. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to use high quality material. And then when I figured out how much I had to buy each shirt, I was like, wow, I have to sell these shirts for like $100 to even make decent money. And um, I like the, sh- the shirts were selling. The shirts were, the shirts were selling, but like, I was selling it to my friends and family. I wasn't selling it to other people. And I was like, okay, I can't survive just selling shirts to my family. That's not going to work. That's just like a such a small number out of the world. Um, so I ended up just cutting the clothing line out. And I took a break from that for a while. But, like, that experience kind of kind of hit me again when I tried to start, like, my, my next venture, which was um, Championship. And I started that venture when I was 22 years old. Um, I remember it came to mind when I worked at Steel. So Steel is like a company, you know, like lawn, lawn boards, chainsaws, all, right. all that stuff. So I'm taking, I think, like six credit hours in school. And I'm working 72 hours a week at Steel. So it was like a really busy time in my life. Um, but I was just trying to, again, to gain that experience of being able to work hard. Because I knew, I, like, if I'm doing all these hours now, I, I probably can do all these hours when I'm doing something that I like. For yourself. Uh, yep, exactly. So um, it was one day when I went to the bathroom, and I heard these two men in the bathroom talking. They were both had to be, like, their mid-40s. And they were like, yeah, I think I'm going to be here for another 20 years before I retire. And that in itself was enough to kind of scare me into thinking about like a hundred different ideas. So mind you with like ADHD, at least mine, by the way, um, it's a constant like distillation of thoughts and it could be a good thing and a bad thing because sometimes it just never, never stops. It doesn't stop. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. stop. And you can't turn it off. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's, it always goes. Yeah. It always goes. But luckily, uh, like something positive happened out of that that day because I was able to come up with all these different ideas and um, championship happened to be one of them. So basically what championship is, is we're the first black owned sports betting platform that connects with people socially, whether it be sports fans, whether it be sports bettors through peer to peer sports betting engagement. So the way I was thinking about it originally is like, Hey, like, you know, there's no way I can bet against my friends digitally. Like I have to do it under the table and we all know sometimes in the black community we don't like paying up <laughs> like m- money is a really like emotional topic to some some folks and um that's happened to me a lot of times and then it's like sometimes you can get uncomfortable asking somebody for for money or like you feel like there might be some sort of conflict that happens or something like that some people don't like conflict and um i was like okay let me let me see if if i can be able to solve this problem and so I thought about it, like during break, I'm like, there's no way I'm solving this by myself. I got, <laughs> I got to call, like, I, I called like five of my best friends um, at the time. And they were like, yeah, like we'll, we'll chime in on it. And like, just, you know, give us like a presentation. So what happened was I was like, you know what, maybe I should call 20 people, create a think tank, and then kind of dwindle down 
those numbers to the people that I think have the best ability to make this come to fruition. And that's essentially what we did. So it's, it was crazy because, again, six hour, six credit hours, 72 hours a week, and now I'm having meetings <laughs> also. And these meetings are like, you know, sometimes they go one hour, sometimes they go three hours because I, I, I don't have the business experience, like hands-on business experience yet, so I don't know how to, like, conduct the meetings, time them, all that good stuff. But I'm getting that experience as I go. But um, I want to say about maybe three weeks after um, the idea came to mind, that's when we kind of dwindled down to three people. So it's me, uh, Michael Ogarepi is our CTO, and Alana Coleman is our COO. And that's where the foundation began. And um, after, I want to say about hmm, maybe like five months, five, six months, we picked up two more people out of those out of that same okay. think tank. Okay. Because um, originally we didn't need their skill set at first because we were just a startup, like we were just in the ideation phase. When it got to like the marketing time to, to implement that and then also uh, finances, that's when I'm like, okay, we need, to, we need to go back. We need to see what talent we need out of that group. And it happened to be uh, Keith Bailey is our CFO and Christopher Henderson is our chief production officer. So... Yeah, that's that's where we formed that team. We've been working together for three years now, and um, we were able to one, we were able to find the correct mentorship through Norfolk State. Um, our first mentor, he was tight. Um, his name was his name is I said what like he's not anymore, but his name is Dino Dino Wallace, and um, he kind of led us in the right direction from like you know just understanding like the fundamentals. Uh, pitch decks, you know, being able to like really represent the company, like the business model, go to market strategy, all that good stuff. So he kind of like tailored us to be able to like handle what's to come in the future. And then that's when we transitioned to Norfolk State. And it's funny thinking about it now um, because like we were really risk averse okay. and um, we didn't trust anybody. Right. So we were like, I don't know. It's we your should. baby. It's hard. Right, exactly. I was like, I don't know if we should tell them what we're doing. And so, um, but like, luckily, like, you know, just looking, looking back, I'm, I'm glad that we took those meetings. I'm glad that we were receptive and um, it led to, um, you know, us being able to do things like raise capital, you know, get in front of the right investors, you know, get some of that pitching experience to like a whole bunch of investors and venture capitalists. So um, Jim Franklin is our, our, like our main mentor that we feel like, like he fathered us in the business industry. Okay. So that was a, that was a definitely a big kind of transition, you know, being able to be under his wing for, I want to say a whole summer. And this was during like COVID. Uh, we had, we had meetings with him like every week, I think Tuesday and Thursday and like nine in the morning. And he's throwing all this information. I'm like, okay, like, what's a pro forma? Oh, okay, hmm, term sheet, okay. Now, I'm, like, I'm starting to understand all these things, uh, like the business lingo. And um, it got to the point where uh, we had our first pitch. And um, I'm practicing, like, I'm again, I'm like a, kind of a perfectionist, so I like practicing. That's you know, fine. I definitely don't like feeling uncomfortable when, um, when I have to do something that's, like, really – like important or big and I feel like you know it could lead to another opportunity another opportunity so we did our first pitch we didn't raise any money and I was like okay is this what it's like are, are they gonna call us back or right, How's this work? <laughs> right exactly exactly so um 
mind you, I, I think that we have this billion, like, well, I, obviously I still think that, but like right there, I'm like, okay, this is a billion dollar idea. They're going to buy this. So like them not uh, investing kind of humbled, humbled me from that, that sense. And I was like, okay, we really have to sell them on this. We have to show them the vision. Imagine yeah. Shark Tank is. Right. Well, not even that, because actually I have a friend that went on that, and he was telling me about how really fake that is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but that's the idea that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, being able to see that, okay, these people aren't going to automatically buy. That's not how, to, how to, that's not how this works. You have to be able to have the skill set, and you got to be able to articulate the whole, like, vision so that they can be able to see it. Once they see it, then obviously they're going to ask you some questions that you have to answer. And, um, like, the more questions we were asked, like, the more we were able to answer them, like, concisely. Okay. And, um, like, one thing I understand is, you know, the more concise the answer is, the, like, better the chance they're going to be able to digest it. Dues Jr. is on the line with me today talking about his companies, companies with an S. Uh, go ahead. And uh, young man out here doing it. So I thought it would be an interesting conversation. So you learned from that about what you had to do. Where's the company stand today? Yeah, so we raised sixty thousand dollars in um, in our angel round, and we're st- we're still raising. We're almost we're almost closing that round. We have a couple pitches like next week, and we've built our we built out our data and IT infrastructure. So, Wonderful. So a lot of that money was allocated towards like building out the app, and um, we work with a third party agency in India. And our CTO oversees that whole okay. project. Um, he'll he'll come back to me if he'll say if like anything's wrong, and then you know we just make decisions from there. And um, Alana actually is like she inadvertently is like the graphic designer behind this whole thing. So she like she's like a jack of all trades. So she basically designed like the whole interface, and she goes back and forth with him about that. And obviously, she would. Um, like handle and make sure everything internally is copacetic as well. What about the real estate? How's that factor into your world? Oh yeah, all yeah, these yeah. hours doing all of this for one company. How do you add to that? Yeah, so the real estate venture is actually it's actually a really fun venture because I do it with my with my family, and um, basically how that thing started was um, me and my dad figured out that we could work really good together. Um, when I was graduating, there was one time where they did not want to, I think I was late turning in the pictures, but they didn't send me something through the email. And they said, oh, yeah, like this date is already passed. We, if we do it for you, we had to do it for all the students. Who was they? Um, somebody that was over like the photography for the graduates. So you you needed to send something in and didn't get in it on time. Is that what? You yeah, yeah. It, it okay. didn't. Well, they didn't send me something, so I could send it. And it was like, oh, well, that's a mis- that's our mistake. Like, there's nothing we can do. So we're sitting there negotiating for like one hour, and we end up getting the CEO of the production company on the phone. He's in California somewhere. We talked to him, and he's like, yeah, open it up, open it up for him. And she ended up opening it up, and then she opened it up for all the other students because there was apparently there was like over 300 students that didn't do it, or something like that, something along the lines like that. And um, yeah, like that's when we looked at each other. We was like, wow, yeah, I, I think we could definitely get in business together. So like, I want to say, a few months after that, um, we were looking at properties, um, and um, we found this uh, quadruplex. And mind you, we have a we have a mentor um, that's in Norfolk. He owns like 100 properties. So this is the, pre- the people that we're learning from. 
And um, me, my mom, and my dad uh, were 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 scouring the land for property, and we we figure out just like I figured out with uh, my other ventures that we're not going to close the first deal. So it took like I want right. to say like shoot maybe took like twenty like offerings before we got to the first one, and apparently we were still fortunate to even get it. Like our conversion rate was like a kind of high compared to other people. And um, so once we got that property, needed some, it needed some cleaning up. Uh, so we were able to allocate money towards, you know, just like restructuring the carpet, you know, getting the walls painted, making sure like all the hazards were remedied. And you were going to put four people in there? Yep. So, um, yep, it's a quadruplex. Um, so I stay in one unit and then we rent out the other three. Um, so and that pays for what it needs to pay for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it breaks the mortgage um, and the interest rate. We were so lucky because this ship has sailed a long oh time ago. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. outstanding now. <laughs> the interest rate we got was 2.75. it's what, 6, 7? Yeah, it's like yeah. 7 now. Yeah, we got 2.75. That ship has sailed, trust me. And It'll um, come back down, but it's going to be a minute. It's going to be a little while. It's going to be a little while for our simmers now. So um, we rent these units out to um, women with broken homes or um, who have been beaten and they have, like, you know, kids and they want to So you're intentional about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, We only have five minutes left in the show. I can't believe it. But that's great that you're intentional about it. That that means something. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So that's why we named um, the company Press Forward, um, just so we could be able to show these women, like, hey, you know, there's still an opportunity to thrive in this world and what plans what further plans do you have for the real estate company um we want to expand the portfolio essentially you know acquire some more land be able to build from there um really we're looking at some land and we want to be able to get a construction loan on it um occupy it you know 100 percent, and then obviously have like a management team that can do that and then maybe like five years later refinance it get that money back from a down payment and just go do it with another property um, that's essentially, you know, in layman's terms, that's that's what we're looking at doing for like the next five years. It's exciting stuff that you go. How, your sister's not interested in the real estate company. My sister is the opposite of me, so she's not like a capitalist. Because certainly, I'm certainly a capitalist, but I'm trying to be a conscious capitalist, like altruistic, something like that, just able to give back to the community, not just take things for myself. Um, my sister, and this is interesting because I didn't mention this before, but she was the uh, valedictorian of Spelman. Like, uh, nice. This year, actually. Congratulations, yeah. sis. What's her name? We have to shout that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Dews. Yeah, okay. Taylor Dews. She actually got, like, she's killing it. She full ride to NYU. She's in um, New York right now. What is she What is she major in? Um, so she does anthropology, sociology, oh, and, a, names on some and she books. has a minor in media. Okay. Yeah. I want to see that name. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Interesting things. So very proud of you. What do your grandmothers think of what you? Oh, they love me. Yeah, they they love me. So um, my you say you could be selling pies in a pie shop. They love you, right? Yeah, they they love me. Yep. I um I love my my grandmas, and um they make sure to send me a text, call me, and be like, hey, you know, um, killing it in business. I like the like what you're doing. Like they they like my business partners too. So that they all get some world. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. What are you going to be doing in twenty years? Um, so twenty. You're not going to be working in steel. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. I might, I might go back and talk to the to the boss I had there. It was, a, it was a good environment internally. 
but 20 years um definitely going to see myself being a philanthropist um giving back to the to the communities particularly the black community um i want to give back to people with uh adhd disability any kind of disability you know anything that's like neurodivergent i want to also give back to them show them that they have the ability to be able to one overcome adversity and then two they have the ability to like naturally hyper focus all these different abilities that they have to hone and understand that they have um and then i obviously another thing i, I just want to be be able to manage you know my free time too so i don't want to be too hands-on at that point 20 years from now um i obviously would want to have a family be able to allocate a lot of that time and be a good father too like my dad was to me so that's great goals yeah yeah that's basically everything summed up that's <laughs> summed up and what advice do you have? Do you, well, do you feel that the older generation is listening to you? Um, yeah, actually. Excellent. That's good to hear. Yeah, my mom posts me on Facebook all the time, and um, she's like, she like every every picture that I send her, she's like, okay, is it Facebook approved? <laughs> and then she'll post it, and then she has so much clout on Facebook. She gets like hundreds of likes, and every all these um, people are like commenting and saying like, yeah, like go AJ, go AJ, business partners, and all that Wonderful. stuff. Wonderful. So, yeah. You feel the love and you feel the support. Yeah, most definitely. And this is just a wonderful story. We are running out of time, but I'm just so glad that you stopped by. I just think people need to hear that voice, that younger voice. See what our young folks are doing because we just hear the negative and they're not just all out here doing the negative. So right. Negative sales. And um, that's that's one of the that's issues. The so I, I don't watch TV. That's the game. Yeah, I don't watch TV at all. My friend that went on Shark Tank, when he came back, he mm -hmm. threw his TV out. He has no TVs in his home. That's how disillusioned he was. Right. Yeah. I unplugged mine yeah. and then put it in the room, like, just so I don't watch it. But I, I've never been a big fan of the news. I've never been a big fan of anything that sells negativity. Mm -hmm. Because I've, at the end of the day, I feel like you need to protect your mind. The news didn't used to be that way because, mm -hmm. it, believe it or not, back in the day, News anchors, they wouldn't even vote in elections because mm. they didn't want to be partial one way or the other. I mean, right, it used right, to right. be straightforward. Now, yeah, it sells. The viewership ratings yeah. go up, unfortunately. Adrian Dews Jr., uh, you are welcome to come by anytime on the line. Thank you for your testimony today. Thank you for being a great, outstanding young man out here doing the right thing. We appreciate you, and we're going to be watching you. I appreciate it, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. No problems. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'll meet you next week right here. Behold the green and gold. Behold.